Welcome. You've splash landed into this Prosecco-laden podcast, straight into the woo-woo pool with the crew of OMG. We're just a simple group of tragically imperfect and highly empathic BFFs, exploring a wide range of atypical topics with humor, grace, and curiosity. This is OMG. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're here with the Woo Crew on this fine, beautiful day in the Piedmont Triad. Today, we're feeling a little bit inspired, and we're going to be talking about books. But first, thanks for joining us. You are with the crew of OMG, the podcast. Welcome back, (laughs) y'all. Welcome back. Excellent. Glad you're here. It's funny. This morning, I was thinking just just from listening to our podcast and listening to our own and how out of tune we all are. (laughs) (laughs) But then in our intro, we're a bunch of tragically imperfect human beings. And I was like... Well, yes, we are, and we are proving it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I totally get that. And no one ever likes to listen to themselves anyway on a recording. But, you know, we fall into place in other areas, and I think that's great. And our topic today, even, we have a lot of stuff in common to talk about. Because how boring would it be if we were actually all in tune every episode? (laughs) Right. It would be us. (laughs) Yeah, sitting around alming together. Um, Yeah, so the kind of like topic for this week's episode came about when we were talking about sort of things that inspire us, but also um, the written word. And so, like, what were our first, like, articles or books or audiobooks or whatever that sort of inspired us or woke us up to the woo or made us think a little bit more critically about the lives that we lead? So does anyone maybe want to go first and talk about one of the first books or articles or audiobooks that that had an impact on them? I, I can go. This sure. is Alexandra. Um, so I think I've spoken about it before in the podcast, how I kind of entered this um, part of myself more fully. And it was my godmother's daughter who introduced me and she gave me my first ever deck um, card deck. It was called the wisdom of the hidden realms by Colette Baron Reed. And so reading that guidebook was kind of inspiring, but then I found, cause I really identified with pagan and I've said that before. And I was like, well, I don't have anyone to teach me. I didn't grow up under that kind of faith-based religious system. So I was looking at things and I found a book called How to Walk uh, to Walk a Pagan Path, Practical Spirituality for Every Day by Alaric Albertson. And it was just a really great book. I still have it all like dog-eared and marked. And it was just kind of really calming. And I don't know, just finding like your place at home to find them. Like, okay, there's people who are out there. And I love that the book even said, it's like, you don't have to believe this way, but this is kind of some commonalities, you know, find what's right for you. And it was very loosey goosey and me being a, you know, a Virgo moon and kind of a type A personality. I was like, no, no, no. I want the the answer, not an an answer. I want the answer. I love you, girl. So, um, you know, and uh, that's the kind of, you know, teacher and helper I want to be and mentor to people. It's like, and I know how frustrating it is to be on that side of like, give me that answer, Mm -hmm. the one and only answer. And I'm like, you know, I hate it as much. And I go, well, 
you have to find your own path. <laughs> that is but so true. It was mm-hmm. kind of the the book that really sparked my joy and curiosity and things because it was like, oh, from here I can jump into just really delving into different mythologies, or I can delve into angels. I can delve into card reading. I can, you know, jump from this and go to TED Talks, like, and yeah. you know, figuring out how everything I read and finding what works for me and then what doesn't, but really not just absorbing it, but integrating it into my life. And I think that's really the key part for me is taking what I read and what resonates and how do I actually put that into practice in myself. So that's in a lot of ways, I think what we're going to end up talking about is like woo-woo and spirituality, but it's a lot of self-help because I think that's what good books, good talks, good listen, you know, things that you listen to should really help with. What resonates and what opens doors for you. I mean, you said it when you said resonate. Yeah. So let me ask this, Miss Rosalie, what book resonates with you, especially if you have one from childhood? From childhood, I was into the princess and being saved by the blonde prince. And I actually. By the Fabio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in my coloring books, my prince was always blonde. My hero, you know. My male, like, oh, this is who I'm going to marry, was always blonde. And, and you did. Sure enough, I married a blonde. So <laughs> manifest- I manifested. You know, yeah. I didn't realize I was manifesting that <laughs> stuff. And I, I was fascinated with sailboats as well. And I was always drawing sailboats and the ocean and beaches. And, and I learned to sail. So, you know, I have a friend that had a sailboat and she said, oh, I need a crew. I've got a race coming up. You want to join me? And I'm like, uh, okay, yes. <laughs> Great manifestation. So, mm-hmm. you know, manifesting through, I mean, as a child, coloring mm-hmm. books, you know, and then that went on to just redrawing and things like that. Oh. So, yeah, I, I manifesting and didn't know it. I think that's yeah. a great way to look at it, too, because I think when sometimes people hear manifesting, okay, well, I have to sit in a certain space, be in a certain headspace, I got to do X, I got to do Y, and then I have to say it, and then it'll happen. But that's a great way of just showing it's like, hey, just what your intention, even without intention, you were just doing it. And you're like, yeah. this is what I a want to bring child. It did Doing know. what came naturally. Exactly. Right. Creating. Creating something and in and having fun with creating something. So you're not thinking about it so much. You're just going through the process of creating a picture. And it was something that resonated with you and that you drew. I always used to draw houses and flowers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Always drew tulips. Oh. And, they're kind of hard to do, I feel like. I mean. They weren't very good. Oh, okay. you know, tulips. <laughs> but that's my favorite flower. But I also think that's a great point. Um, one of my best friends, Christine, shout out to Christine in New Jersey. <laughs> Hola. Hey, um, girl. She, we were talking the other day. I don't know about you guys, but I know it's been a really stressful time for me. And yeah. there's been times where you're just like, I need to unload. Mm-hmm. And she was there. And we were talking about, you know, oh God, why did we ever want to be adults? You know, we thought you can make all these decisions, but adulting is hard, you know, it's not fun. it sucks. And we were talking about, we just want to be a kid again. And she's like, well, yeah, because kids are so brave. They're so fearless. So when you're a child and you're creating, you're not creating going, okay, well, I have to think about X, Y, and Z, and how is this possible? It's like you suspend all disbelief in what could be real or possible and you just go with it. Yeah. And I think, until someone tells you you have limitations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. then you get smaller and you have to fight yourself out of that bag again. Or yeah. you tell yourself you have limitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think can be much more deeply impactful and harmful to ourselves is what we, the, the voice in our narration. 
mm-hmm. more than what other people, because other people would say stuff, but it's like what you do and internalize that. It's like, oh, well, you know, maybe one person said something when I was in second grade, but, you know, then right. I just keep reinforcing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you like come across, you know, books in particular at specific times when you're supposed to get a message from it or Absolutely. or whatever to kind of help you along your journey. And I mean, as a kid, I was always reading, like I've always been an avid reader. Um, and I would write my own stories and like, you know, fix them up on a typewriter and like staple them together. Oh, that's um, so cute. Yes. And it was so much fun. And I always thought, you know, that's what I want to do. I feel like that's part of my purpose is to, to write something eventually. And so, you know, I've written like two poetry books and I, um, I'm working on a novel very, very slowly, but surely. So one of the, like, I read a bunch of like mystery stories as a kid. I read like every Mary Kate Nashley book that ever came out in every single series but the first book that i remember ever having like an impact on me was the perks of being a wallflower oh yeah and it's like a book like written in um letters like an epistolary novel about this main character named charlie and our the first dog that my husband and i ever adopted together his name was charlie um which is interesting but i have like a quote from that book tattooed on my collarbone and um it just meant a lot to me during that time and still does but in terms of like, I don't know, I don't know how y'all feel about this either, but like the genre, quote unquote, of like self-help books. Yeah. Like, I don't know I feel like it needs a different title or like a reworking or something, mm-hmm. but. Because um, sometimes it makes you go, oh, I'm going to gag. So and then right. other times you're like, wow, I find the real gold nugget in there. Mm-hmm. Yes. It should yeah. be self-discovery instead of self-help. Ooh, I like oh, I like that. that. Self-discovery. Because mm-hmm. you're always learning something new about yourself. Yeah. This is Rosalie, by the way. Y'all, you heard it first on this show. Rosalie has dubbed a new term. <laughs> copyright that. I'm going to yes. copyright it. Self-discovery. She's going to go into every Barnes & Noble and <laughs> change, the, change the slide. Right. Well, I have a question that. for Erin, actually. Yeah. I would like for you to do a little shameless promo and tell us the name of the books you've written. Okay. <laughs> so the first one was written back in 2017 um, and it was called Nobody's Crying. And then the second was written in 2019, I believe. And it's called The Long Ride Home. Cool. Um, and so they're both available on Amazon. We can find yeah. the link and put it on the website or yep. in the show notes for those of you who are interested in. And I have both of them. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. <laughs> thank y'all. Nobody's Crying is available at Barnes and Noble, I found out, like on the website. They don't have it in the store, but they can get Ooh. it there. So that was really cool. And so it's, I don't know, it's just neat as an adult to see, even though it's not like sitting on a table when you walk into Barnes and Noble, it's still like the little kid that was at the typewriter like mm-hmm. that. But that's still a huge step. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yes. there's so many people who would yeah. look at that and like, well, I want to be a writer, but I'll never be on a shelf. And it's like, right. well, there's, there's the baby step. That is the step to getting your novel onto the shelves. Totally. Yeah. You know, you've probably learned a lot from the process and discovered a lot about yourself and you're like, yeah. okay, well, this is what I have, what it takes. Mm-hmm. Right. I did sure. it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're proud of you. Thank you. I, um, yeah, for, in terms of like books that are of the self-discovery genre, I like that so much better. I think the first, uh, the first two that really spoke to me. So one backing up in college, we read Walden by Henry David Thoreau, which um, I know is like, a classical canonical whatever that's not like self-discovery but all of the people that i was in the, this like english class with were talking about how boring it was like this guy's in this cabin in the woods like observing wasps that are in there with him and i was just like this is so fascinating like this is like he's showing that you can do this like you can isolate yourself from society and go within and like 
really connect with nature in like a very spiritual way. And so I got so much out of that book that sort of sent me towards others. Um, and so the first two in self-discovery that really resonated with me were A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, really, really good and just made me focus <laughs> on like the present moment because so much of my anxiety has always been the past and the future. And then also Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. There was like a workshop, I think, that you invited me to a few years back that was really profound with one of his like worksheets in the book. And yeah, we did that together, didn't we? Mm-hmm, yeah. But you did that as well, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love I what you did too. Yeah. Aaron said about having anxiety about finding peace and stillness. Mm-hmm. And I think Walden is really kind of about that. It's like For taking... Sure you know, that moment. And how hard is that today when you're always being told like, oh, you have to be busy. You have to be, you know, doing something productive. And it's like, I think maybe I was not to call out Cecilia or anything, but I think I saw a post of hers on Facebook and she was talking about taking a walk and how hard it was for her to just stop and not panic. I mean, like if you sit down and you just want to take a moment or a day to relax, how hard is it to get there, get to that day and go, well, I should be doing something. Completely. I need to be, you know, something needs to happen. It's so hard just to be still and observe, you know, wasps in a cabin or yeah. something outside or just even be with yourself. Yeah. I think yeah. It's because we're so over stimulated all the time mm-hmm. with our devices and with messages we heard growing up too. Like if you're not doing something, you're lazy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we took that as like, well, I can't stop ever because I'm lazy if I do that. And that is a bad thing, which right. it isn't. And I think that's been during the pandemic. It's now like self-care is not selfish. And how hard is it to go from that mentality to wait, like, hold on, I got to, you know, be self-care now. I I have to be selfish. What's, What's going on? Right. And now a break from our sponsor. Hi, this is Chandra. Brenda and I would like to invite you as part of our podcast community to join us on either Facebook or Instagram live each Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, where we give free Oracle readings for fans of the show. Just follow us on our OMG podcast, Facebook or Instagram page. You can post or DM us your questions there each week with the hashtag woo woo wisdom and then tune in at 11 a.m. each Friday on our page to watch your free reading. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can always catch it on the replay. This is just our way of saying thank you for being part of our Woo Woo family. Hope to see you this Friday. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Brenda suit. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote I read all things horse growing up. Mm. Loved horses. I grew up with horses. I was a horse jockey in my mind and thought I would be when I grew up. And still, you know, would love to ride. I haven't ridden in years so, but I read all things horse. And then I have this really bad habit that whenever I find a book that is really inspires me. I want to share it with everybody. So I give them to other people and then I never see them again. <laughs> Such a giver. Yeah. Cause I, this inspired me. Maybe this will help you. Right. So one of, well, there's a couple, there was one I read that talked about Mary Magdalene and it put her in 
the position of power. And that was really powerful for me because I'd always grown up thinking that, you know, it was very patriarchal religion. Mm-hmm. So to know that the matriarch side, you know, is possible or could have been, you know, we don't know, was really inspiring for me to help me change my mind about what I thought about God. Mm. And then when we were, when I was living in Sweden, <laughs> <laughs> I was really miserable. I was really depressed. Didn't know that I was depressed, but I was really, really depressed. And I was reading one of, is it Paulo Colo? Is that how you pronounce his name? I think yes. so. Yeah. The alchemist mm-hmm. author. Yeah. author. And I cannot remember the name of the book, and I do not have it because I went looking for it. I must have given it to somebody to read. (laughs) (laughs) So I read a quote in there, and he talked about, you are not a tree. You're not planted where you are. You can go wherever you want to be. And I had this moment of like, I don't have to stay here. Like, this is not written in stone. I don't have to stay here. And that's whenever I made my decision that I was going to move back, back home to North Carolina. Because ultimately, I needed to be back here. I needed to be there for the time that I was there. And then it was time to, I'd learned my lessons. It was time to move. And I have a tattoo that I based on that, that quote in that book. It's a, it's a tree and the roots are shallow. So I'm reminding myself that, you know, I can move and I can do something else. I don't always have to do the same thing. And then during the pandemic, I mean, I had a chance to read again. <laughs> And so I had two books that were really inspirational, Untamed, which I don't know how many people here have read that book. Glennon Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I also gave that book to somebody to read, but Aaron had a copy, so he brought it. (laughs) And Rise, Sister Rise, which is Rebecca Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a life-changing book for me as well. But I want to share something from the Untamed book. And at the very beginning of her, like, who she's dedicating the book for. She says, for every woman resurrecting herself, for the girls who will never be buried. And I was like, oh, that just like hit my heart because I mean, I feel like I've been resurrecting myself my whole adult life. So I hope that my daughter, my older daughters might have to resurrect themselves a little bit, but I'm hoping that my younger daughter doesn't have to, that she can be free in this lifetime uh, without having to be buried. Screw the people who try to hold you down. Mm-hmm. But she talked about the in the beginning of the book about the cheetah story about the zoo and about how Tabitha asked the zookeeper if the lion or the cheetah was missed being wild. And she was like, oh, no, honey, the, it was born, you know, here. So this is all it knows. But its soul in the eyes is still that wild cat. Bingo. And... Each one of you, each one of us sitting here in the circle are still that wild person inside. And we bury that and we forget who we were. And that just makes me so sad that I want to like bust out and be like the wild person that I have always been on the inside. But, you know, you suppress it, you bury it because it's not acceptable to be truly free in this society. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if that comes from like a perspective. It's like, when you're a child, you're told, okay, when you're an adult, when you're this, when you're that. And it's like, right. what was the point that we stopped as people, as society, you know, where was that point, that marker in childhood was like, okay, when we get to X age or X level, we get to stop learning. And it's like, if you view things through the, uh, the lens of 
whatever I'm doing, whatever experience, good, bad, ugly, joyful, it's a learning teaching moment. And you're always growing because that's, I feel like growing comes from learning, particularly from your mistakes. Yeah. And so, you know, if we, (laughs) (laughs) if we taught kids, it's like, okay, you know, when you're in school, you're like, oh, I just can't wait to be done with this. Mm -hmm. Just I'm done. If you just, if we teach people like, well, honey, you're, you're never going to stop learning or stop growing. Absolutely. Would we go back to that wild self? Would we no longer be caged by this? idea that we will get to a certain age we will you know be at our ultimate and you know we'll be done yes there's this like arrival point like the idea Mm -hmm. that like that there is no more growth once you get to x or there is no more there's nothing else you can learn or do or achieve or develop within yourself it's a lie it's a lie rosalie here yeah where did that come from because every day isn't a learning experience every minute you're learning something new i mean mm-hmm. I, well, I was taking a yeah. peloton ride recently and kind of going back to what aaron had said earlier about quotes or different yeah. moments that per- came at the right moment so i'd love to hear a couple of everyone's you know when the quote arrived at the right time for you guys but that reminded me and it was like okay at the top of every peak it's the bottom of the next hill mm-hmm. and it's and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't meant to be like oh gosh i gotta do this slog again it was like you made this moment, enjoy it, celebrate it, reach that peak and then go beyond. Yeah. You know, find that hill and don't go, I can't make it there. I can't make it there. You're like, what if I can't, what if I make it past that hill? And yeah. what if I just keep going up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and like, you know, life is all these cycles. Yes. So we, you know, we loop back around and we loop and we just keep looping. Really. Right. We learn the lesson. We unpeel a layer of the onion, mm-hmm. or however you want to visualize it. Love that Shrek reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the next thing that you right. need to heal or work on. And or you don't learn and it comes back up again. Yeah. Right. But some people stay stuck in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they think they know, like people that I know who are very set in their, in their ways or yeah. in their religion or in their belief system, that this is how it is. And that's it. I and I think you stop. Once you think you know it all, because we don't know shit. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's about a sense of belonging too, or like a faux sense of belonging, mm-hmm. whether it's in a an academic community, a spiritual community, a religious community, whatever. But at the end of the day, like Camille, the last time we all got together was talking about Brene Brown's newest book. If you haven't read it or listened to it, please check it out. It's called Atlas of the Heart. Mm-hmm. It's now an HBO series that Camille has been watching and can probably speak on in just a minute. But I have not checked that out yet, so I need to. Uh, but I have the book here, and she taught. She has a really great quote about belonging that I wanted to share with you all listening. She says, true belonging is a spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are, it does require you to be who you are. That's an amazing mm. quote because it reminded me of something I wanted to talk about that came at the perfect moment when I was listening to it. It was a TED Talk from Peter Sage. I think the TED Talk, you can look it up on YouTube, is called How to Eliminate Self-Doubt. Mm. And in that, he said one of the most powerful things I've, it's impacted me so deeply recently. And it's, he said, 
people will never rise above the opinion they have of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties so perfectly into what you were saying, because it's less about the external and it's about who you are when no one else is looking at who you are when you're with yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on that note, um, I have something to add from the Rise Sister Rise book. Yeah. This is the Rise Sister Rise mantra. It is safe for me to release and relinquish all ancient vows of silence. It's safe for me to, to open the front and back of my heart. It's safe for me to rise up and do the highest and boldest version of the work that is calling me. So the question that you can ask yourself, how are you silencing yourself in your current life? Is there a part of you that is keeping your brightness dim? What is it that you are afraid of? Are you ready to release any fears you have around freely sharing your voice? So it kind of falls into that, you know, um, Glennon Doyle's book, you know, like we need to stop being small. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. time for us to like let go of our past, past life trauma, past this lifetime trauma and raise our voices. Like everybody has something to share. Everybody has something to say. Everybody has a story. And we can all inspire someone else with yeah. our story. Mm-hmm. And I think back to Glennon's metaphor, like with the cheetah, it's all about what I think maybe that's our, our life's lesson is how to break ourselves out of our own captivities mm-hmm. or our own cages that we place on ourselves or that others like system institutions, people have placed on us. And that's a practice. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to show up for yourself every moment, every time it's who wouldn't love that, you know, magic pill moment where it's like, oh, I'm suddenly like cured. And it's like, no, every time I have to make, you, you make the decision. Mm-hmm. Am I going to keep myself in my cage or am I going to break out? It's uncomfortable as all heck. Yes. Um, yes. But it's just like, okay, I'm making the choice for myself and this is where I'm choosing me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Aaron, do you think you can take us out with a poem to end our, our session? One of your poems, perhaps? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So these are actually I have two like really short ones. That uh, one, the, sorry, both of them are from the Nobody's Crying book, the first one that I published. But this one's called Birthday. She lines them up, one, two, three, and knocks them all down. Melted wax sticking to the table. She looks around the room, left, and then right, but never behind. She blows out her candles, and the room explodes into black. But no one is singing. She always believed that manners were for the weak. For those that allow people to walk all over them. For those that never knew how to say no. She punches the center of her cake and with a fistful, she looks at once before realizing that it is stale. She does this seven nights a week in the same room with the same cake and the same candles, no one but her, in hopes that maybe one day someone will show up, in hopes that maybe one day it will be her birthday, in hopes that maybe one day it will be happy. But until then, she waits in the colorless silence for someone to politely knock. And the other one I have is it's short as well, but it's called Shells. So I think of you when I think of the smell and feel of a cheap beach motel room. Wow. Salty air. <laughs> I know his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salty air, water, and the remnants of sex and cigarettes past. The frigid air, sorry, the frigid cold air conditioner declaring war against my sunburned skin. We shower together and you carefully brush your fingertips along my neck, shoulders, back, ass, feeling like pins and needles, apologetically scraping along the surface of a mirror. 
They both leave their mark. Too many cocktails and not enough mixer. I rid myself of the tequila and of you, and it all floats to the surface of the water just the same. You speak into the silence, piercing the room with second thoughts. Your laugh is infectious, and my immune system isn't quite equipped to say no. Your teeth look like rare seashells that I fear I may never find again. We continue to drink, numbing any previous arguments and doubts like a temporary cream. I'm lying on your chest as you fall asleep, and I press my ear against your heart, but all that I can hear is the ocean. No. Beautiful. Nice and deep. Unfortunately, while you were reading that, the large <laughs> golden lab beside me decided to fart. <laughs> and I think we all got our eyebrows singed. But it, it did not take away from the depth of that wonderful poem. And thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> all right. On that note, I think we're going to peace out of this podcast episode. Yeah. So for those of you at home, thanks for joining us again. Please, um, on our website, our Instagram page, Facebook community, however you connect with us, please let us know what are some books, audiobooks, articles, TV shows, whatever Mm -hmm. kind of words of wisdom, quotes of the day that um, that really inspire you along your journey. And we can't wait to see you all next week on the... Oh, (laughs) podcast. Ciao for now. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It's so easy to do and such a huge help for us. We appreciate your interactions so much. Want to join us at our table? Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and join our Facebook community. If you've enjoyed this content and wish to support us, take a look at our Patreon page. All information and links will be in our podcast description. Catch you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.